Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. That way I sound, I don't know, I'm trying to just make the microphone sound crispy. Well, don't fuck up the microphone. I know, that's the worry. Like Ice Cube at the NFL draft on Thursday. Oh my God. Yeah, that was so bad. draft doesn't know what it wants to be nope it had there is so much pop and circumstance unnecessarily and then roger goodell was like and here's ice cube cube come on up here and then ice Cube just screamed screamed into the mic jp please play five seconds of no vaseline by ice cube god damn i'm glad y'all set it off Used to be hard, now you just went soft, hurt you Because <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's probably what he'd really want to rap at, Roger Goodell. And since we went to almost the very end of last episode without a five seconds, I had to get it into the opening minutes. Lean into episode. it. That's good. That's I like how it. you balance it. We are a balanced podcast. And this balanced podcast is the Belligerent Beefs podcast. Hey, yeah. Uber fam. Hey, listener. Hey. It's us, back for the 46th time, a new episode of the Belligerent Beats Podcast. Episode we're not 46. back for the 46th time. We are back for the 46th time. Well, we're kind of back for the 45th time. God. The first time we didn't come back, we just started. Yeah, we were That's back like from, a kid saying... We're back from the dead. We're back from the non-existence. We're back from purgatory. Okay, I'm that into that. back for the first time. I'm into that. And we did a practice episode before that. Kind of. So, therefore, the first episode was back for the second time, and it was the first episode. What was our practice episode? My face is melting just trying to follow along. Please stop. There's too much math. We talked about math in the Beaver Fam Focus with Ashton Matuso. Shout out Ashton at Lil Butts on Twitter, uh, which we just recorded before this, which I am assuming is already live on YouTube if you are listening to this uh, Beaver Fam. So go check that out. Thank you again to Ashton. And uh, check out the soon-to-be forthcoming, maybe sometime soon, fourth issue of Flagrant Magazine. Um <laughs> Yeah, that was fun, and it's it's fun to see you guys here again on a back-to-back second Zoom of the evening. What's up? How's it going? What's up? Hey, it's hey, going. hey. Oh, it's going. We are broadcasting live from the Met Gala in in New York, <laughs> New York. We are in with our incredible, incredible oh, fashion. J- ben is already breaking out the drugs because we are past security at the Met Gala. Um 
all all uh but every every bit of my gut is showing from the belligerent bees crop top that i wore on the red carpet and so we are we are gonna get kicked out of here very soon but let's enjoy this time at the met gala while we have it how about that yeah and benny can i ask you a real serious question are you able to have that whole thing in one setting oh god no no this is like dipped in hash oil too <laughs> that, that makes it way Lord. too intense for this probably but it will be fun. <laughs> it's going to be really fun. I thought, yeah. is that your only beverage? We'll, we'll get to beverages in a second. But I thought you just grabbed a can of beer as well, but maybe it was your coffee mug. No, I have a throwback for my beverage. Oh, I God. wonder what that's going to be. Oh, I can't wait. If it's a Paps or a Mickey's, I'm going to freak the fuck out. Even better. I can't wait. Uh, can we? Go, can we, I? Let's meet up in 2009 and hang out again. How about that? <laughs> it is from well, maybe a little bit later than 2009. Ooh, there's a specific time frame that this beverage is in reference to. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, okay. I, I, <laughs> are we supposed to guess like when you when you tell us what it is, or are we guessing now? You guys mentioned it in our tele or in our Discord chat. Oh, we mentioned a lot of things in the Discord chat, and thank thank you for thank you for finally joining the Discord chat. Yeah, <laughs> Benny, after months of <laughs> eager anticipation. Uh, so if you're if you've been on the fence about <laughs> joining the Patreon, and <laughs> the the kicker was, well, I hear it's only JP and Terry and mostly JP in the Discord and not Benny <laughs> at all. So I'm not going to do it. Benny's in it now, and I'm I I'm trying to be more active. I still I have notifications turned off on almost everything on my phone to try and cut down screen time. Dude, it's not you and working. me both. But I am in the Discord. I'm trying to engage. Uh, if you if you at me and something in the Discord, it's not. I'm not going to get a notification about it. But I will check at some point and I'll try to get back to you. Um, and we'll we'll engage. So, shout out to all of the patron members. Yeah, for sure. Benny joined with this the classic ASL question mark was his first comment <laughs> Dude, we're trying if we get kicked off the internet we can't do this podcast anymore then it's just a three-way phone conversation that's going into the ether <laughs> you can't type asl to some ambiguous chat that could go to any number of people <laughs> and screenshot it and send to more people <laughs> Stay safe out there on on our Discord. <laughs> no, no, you, our Discord's very safe. You don't oh, need to yeah. worry about yeah, staying yeah, safe. Yeah, you're yeah, already yeah, safe. Yeah, you're, right. you're right. Just keep doing what you're doing. Don't worry. You about are it. guaranteed to be safe on our Discord. God damn it! It's like <laughs> minute five, and we're already incriminating our own show. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, stay safe out there on other Discords. Stay safe everywhere, but and especially at all times. At all times. Thank you, Benny. <laughs> yep for 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 that little bit of awareness. Uh, thank you for Beaver Fam for tuning into this, the forty sixth episode of the Belligerent Beavers podcast. My name is Terry Horseman. I am joined, as I always am, by my esteemed co-host J.P. Bertram and Benny Weehage, aka Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Weehage, aka Benny with the good quaff. We've got a lot to get into tonight. So much going on i know it's may it's may 2nd monday night we're recording this middle of the nba playoffs nhl playoffs just started and but lots of lots of oregon state happenings going on that we need to dive into but first how are you guys doing what's uh what's what's new with you 
I'm doing well. Uh, I was working on uh, the a front yard on the railroad. Uh, I was uh, working on a front yard project of building a retaining wall this weekend. So it was. Um, I made oh some man, you are trying so hard to out dad JP. Nope. I got you though. I redid my entire drip system in the backyard. Oh, I was looking up YouTube videos on a drip system because my I'm thumbs need to hurt in. so bad for plugging in all the little barbs oh. and you know wires. Man, get ready. Mm, that makes I'll send you. I'll send you a it. link. I'll send you a link that makes it easier though. There's a. There's a that cool would be cool. Yeah. In, oh, in, really? Okay. Yeah. In two minutes or less, can you guys explain a drip system to me? Because I just, when you said drip system, I thought of my closet. It's like a big hose <laughs> that, it's what? I thought of my closet. <laughs> I'm going to start calling my closet my drip system now. <laughs> I legitimately cleaned out my closet and made it look really nice this past week. So you guys said drip system. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to start calling the room with all my clothes that. <laughs> that is also dadding it out just as much as JP bit. and I did. Yeah. yeah of a dad joke as possible so i'm happy to join you all on planet dad <laughs> on equal footing uh, please what a literal drip system is to me though so i have an idea of where we're going with this yeah you uh deliver large i don't know quantities of water to small areas across your yard through a tubing and hose system that uh places the water perfectly at the base of your plants I don't know. Is that good? <laughs> yeah. I would. I wouldn't know how about were you, were you fixing your drip system or setting up your drip system? Oh, I re-ran the whole we, damn you're thing. Running your drip system. Oh yeah. yeah. So I yeah. still wouldn't know the first thing about doing that, but I have a good visual now of what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Without knowing ex a thing about getting it. Yeah. To how if you want to get in the weeds, it was I essentially last or a couple years ago put in a quarter inch tubing drip system. <laughs> This is so all we're losing every listener right now, but I think uh, we're gaining listeners actually. This is okay. hands on practical do it yourself <laughs> advice. I want to see how long Terry allows this conversation to go. <laughs> oh. I'm excited for it. I got my wine here tonight. I'm having a good time. Let's go. So the quarter inch tubing, but if you're trying to deliver that over like a large amount of space, so I think we had like 40 feet we were trying to deliver it to of like total yardage or footage yardage yard footage yardage. in my yard a, a, <laughs> BJ, a bj baylor's amount of yardage <laughs> yes and see we're tying it to the relevant shit look at us yeah but it was getting to the final end of the drip you know system and it was like there was no water left because the water pressure wasn't great and there was a tiny little delivery tube so i upgraded to a half inch tube Mm -hmm. this year with little quarter inch tubes plugged in off of it and the little also i lost pretty much every um sprinkler head because lola ate them all last summer as a puppy <laughs> so i had to like reinstall all of them anyways <laughs> terry's about to like this spit up my... no. <laughs> hey i have a question i almost laughed at half inch tube and at sprinkler head <laughs> Just because this is a, this podcast, whenever we record this podcast, it's the most immature 90 minutes of my week. So you really can't <laughs> say words like tube and head to me, especially with our previous 18 years of friendship. 
And, and Benny's just up in smoke <laughs> on his camera right now. We can't even see Benny. Good lord. <laughs> this episode. What if I was just gone away? when it came, when the smoke disappeared? That'd be a cool <laughs> trick. That'd be a super cool trick. Sounds like you guys had eventful weekends. Yeah, how was yours? <laughs> it was it was pretty good, all things considered. I watched uh, the Timberwolves lose Game Six on Friday night. Oh yeah, and that's I was I was sad about that, but I went to a Taylor Swift dance party at a bar in St. Paul after that, and that uh, that made me feel better. Tell us more. It's great. Like, there's this organization production company that does like. I don't know, every six months, a thing called Taylor Fest, which is an organized Taylor Swift dance party. It's in like 10 or 12 different cities. And like, you have to buy your ticket super far in advance. So a friend of mine who loves Taylor Swift was just like, come to this dance party on April 29th. And I'm like, that is too far out in advance for me to make plans. And they were like, well, it's a $10 ticket. I think you can afford it. Uh, you know, which I could, I'm balling. So <laughs> I got, and then so. like the day of the game, the, the, the day of, he was like, Hey, like, so Ashton, and his girlfriend, Ashley, they're super into Taylor Swift. They're like, we're going at eight. And I'm like, that's when the Timberwolves game starts. Fuck. How light does it go? They're like, well, the dance party goes until two. And I was like, either or I'm there. I'm either going to be crying and drowning my sorrows of a Timberwolves loss and shaking it off. Or I will be celebrating a Timberwolves win. And having champagne problems so, so either way jp please play five seconds of shake it off by taylor swift <laughs> that's what i did on friday night the timberwolves lost but i was uh you know in good hands and then you know the next morning i was uh a little i was more hungover than actually it was the worst hungover i've had since like college probably it was weird i i watched the game at a brewery so i was drinking like good beer while watching the game and like not eating enough because it like wasn't Ooh. a restaurant so like there was like a food truck and i like had like bits of like apps that like my table was like getting to share so the mix of heavy beer not heavy food the timberwolves losing and being up until like 2 30 or 3 a.m uh turns out not to be the greatest thing for your body but dude you're not 25. i know i'm not but the timberwolves were in the playoffs benny and i don't have a ton of experience reacting to such a situation so i'm I, i'm learning here like we said when when they gave up three different double digit leads in the fourth quarter this is a young team without a lot of experience they need to learn how to play in the playoffs i need to learn how to watch my team in the playoffs god damn it mm. i was 16 years old last time this happened for real would, <laughs> it was so a young man's you, game would you say not to go uh, away from what you're very passionate about obviously but uh was the taylor <laughs> swift uh, i'm also passionate was that like about a, taylor was that like a flash mob that you paid for or well, I'm trying to. Was it a like, silent I, disco? No, it was like uh, they rented out a bar, like a, an event space, a bar uh -huh. that has like concerts and shit. Was it every? And it's like song they're just gonna play Taylor Swift. Every song was Taylor Swift. Didn't they get old after like a half hour? That's like ten songs. Uh, I probably Swift in a row. Did somebody I, just like so... play it off their Spotify or something? <laughs> Probably there was a stage. I remember I went up and danced on the stage for a little bit. So oh, when do we no. get to do the five second party where we just played five se five, <laughs> seconds five seconds of all of the songs that? Think, oh, I love I love this song. 
Hey, what the fuck? I love this song. Oh, I like this song too. Hey, what <laughs> yeah. the fuck? Oh, I like this song. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't call it a flash mob because it was like, I don't know. And maybe like it would have gotten old, but like the game, the Wolves game ended at like 11. So I got there like ahead of midnight. So I was only there for like an hour and a half. And you went I somewhere after to... 11 p.m.? I can't even imagine. Yes. That. I gotta wake up and do my drip system, man. I can't be out past 11 <laughs> yeah. p.m. I was building a wall. Right. Well, well, as a single man in an apartment in the city, my, my drip system does wake up at 11 p.m. <laughs> can I, can my I, drip system and I go out. We're in different phases right here. But okay, no, I hear but, you. I was very tired the next day. And I almost, I like, I went, I left my apartment to get food and I didn't know where I was going. I was like, oh, fuck, I need food. I need to eat. I had nothing. I had been in the grocery store in a while. I had nothing in my apartment. And a DoorDash of like a Taco Bell party pack had been left at the front door of my apartment building. I genuinely, I genuinely considered stealing it because <laughs> my body was like, "That's what we need right now, Terry. This yeah. will make our day better." It's just yeah, sitting all there. The time. It's just sitting there. There is like two Terrys in devil costumes just on my shoulder, <laughs> being like, "Take it, Terry. It's like twelve dollars. They they can just order another DoorDash." But I didn't. DoorDash would cover it anyways. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, we must have had it uh, dropped off somewhere else." Ah, uh, yeah, I should have. I went to the Jimmy John's instead. It, it still works. Jimmy John's has one cheese. What kind of sandwich shop <laughs> only has one cheese? They do. Oh, they my God, cheese. you're right. Yeah. Well, in, in that setting, yeah, but I compared it to Taco Bell. I don't even I – don't, I think Taco Bell has one cheese, and I don't think they're cheese. They have two. They have two. They have nacho oh, they, cheese, they have that and they've got the sh sh shredded cheddar cheese or whatever, the blend cheddar. Neither of those and, are cheese. And the nacho cheese I'm a Taco is Bell not just supporter. the shredded – Cheddar melted. They're two no, different cheeses. Yes, it, it is. is. Yeah. 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 Can <laughs> I ask you a question, though? Circling back to the NBA, circling back to the playoffs. Yes. Can you tell the Beaver fam right now who the preemptive favorite of the Beaver fam should be going forward through the rest of the NBA playoffs now that you are unbiased viewing? I can. Well, we're still, you know, human beings are always biased, JP. <laughs> it's it's part of the the experience of being people. But I had a hard time saying this is because it feels like you're being a front runner um, when you're not associated with, uh, you know, the native land of this team. Uh, but I am uh, fully supporting the Warriors of Golden State for the duration of the NBA playoffs for this series against the Memphis Grizzlies and beyond for you know, I have multiple reasons that I can bring up, but there's really only one important reason or two important reasons. The second most important reason is Gary Payton the second. Uh, oh. pun, pun intended. That's the second most important reason. <laughs> we love GP2. He's our, our beloved son. Probably my favorite Oregon State basketball player of, of all time. I, I mean, I love his father, Gary Payton, but I was barely alive. <laughs> And uh, fuck in Minneapolis without uh, Oregon State basketball being a, a glint in my eye when he played for the Beavs. So I appreciate everything he did. I enjoyed his his son's time more because I could, I could drink. I could watch him dunk. It was a lot of fun. Uh, also, just this guy's journey in the NBA. We should honestly, I think Oregon, I think the Beaver fam and Oregon State University celebrates GP2 a good amount. And I don't think it's nearly enough. Agreed. Like, Agreed. This dude, like the this the <clears throat> journey through the G League, uh, being on a bunch of different teams, uh, and most of my uh, like Twitter friends are Blazer fans. Uh, not to rub it in, Benny, but like all Blazer fans like 
re-remembering that they had GP2 and he's a player that really could have helped the team this year and this franchise like turning around just his tenacious defense and all-out effort and just being a team first guy it is awesome that he is a contributing player on a team he's a starter NBA finals aspirations uh you know even like like I know the Warriors have had a lot of uh, health problems this this year, and that's like why he's gotten the opportunity to step Last in. But that's years. that's the game. That's that's the game. And even if that team gets fully healthy, you think Kerr is just not going to put him in the game at all? So that's the second most imp- important reason. The most important reason is fuck Dylan Brooks. Fuck him. <laughs> I hate him. Yeah, he played amazing against the Timberwolves. I will give him that. Good player. Fuck him. And yeah. that is why I'm what supporting the Golden State Warriors. He's just a yeah. douchebag. He's just a wannabe Patrick Beverly with shittier hair. Yeah. Did you say his name was Dylan Moore? No, I said Dylan, Dylan Moore. Dylan Brooks. No one said Dylan Moore. Brooks. <laughs> How high are you? <laughs> so, so, so would be my answer. I hate Dylan Brooks. And Dylan Brooks doesn't care. He wants to be a villain. Whatever. He's trying. Dylan Brooks is trying so hard to be Draymond. It's annoying. Draymond is so too annoying for there to be another Draymond in the league. He can. There can only be one Draymond. Oh, he went to Oregon. Yes. That's why I don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Roasted you again, fuckers. Let's go. <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm supporting Golden State and. Uh, GP two, yeah, played played pretty well in that game one win against Memphis. Um, which is the rest of Memphis, I like. I like John Morant. Uh, if there's any Grizzlies fans randomly listening to this who just want to roast me for beating the Timberwolves, you guys are the better team. Uh, fun team to watch. I like the Memphis Grizzlies. I kind of always have, but from the from the grit and grind days. But got got to roll with uh, got to roll with the Beaver fam, and that's GP two. Yeah. Stay loyal to the fam. Yeah. And let's cheers to GP2 because he got that start, dude. Game one. For sure. We got to do our beverages first, mm. and then we'll cheers to GP2. And it's about that time. Uh, so, <laughs> Benny, we'll let you go last because you have a classic. Okay. I think I know what it is. But I J- think you probably JP, do, too. JP, let's go with you. What are you What are you drinking tonight? So this is still a remnant of my Road Beers PDX delivery. Nice. And... I was actually much more under the impression that a lot of these were like local Oregon beers, but this is another one that's not from Oregon. It's from Bellingham, Washington, called. Ooh, okay. uh, <laughs> Love Bellingham. Can? There it is. It's called Single IPA, but I like your eyeball. Single right. IPA. Oh, and that is a creature with antlers and an eye patch. So yeah. it has it has one eye. And it's kind of it's a like, creepy little eye, right? Cy- Cyclops oh, of nature. It might be a fake eye, Benny. It, it very well could be. But, um, yep, it's a single IPA. That's actually what it is. It's called single IPA. And it's a single IPA from Wander Brewing. Wander Brewing in, uh, like I said, Bellingham, Washington. You want you guys want to know what it says about it? This hazy orange-hued citra single-hopped IPA bursts with massive aromas of passion fruit, pineapple, and stone fruits complimentary. Oh, no. Complimented by a full mouthfeel from the heavy use of oats and wheat. Incredibly approachable and lightly bitter. That's kind of like me. <laughs> you are you are bitter and approachable. That's yeah. a great way of describing you. Yeah. 
And I didn't know that until I just read this on Untapped. I gave it a four. No, I gave it a three point nine. Mm. It's pretty good. It's a little too single IPA for me. But cheers. Uh, well, that's what it says that it yeah, is. That's exactly what it says. I know. I expected it, but it's just a little too much in that that world. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Is that not hoppy enough? Is that what that means? It's yeah, kind of. It's just a little yeah. like watery. Ah. Yeah, like okay. skim milk. If you're a big fan it of is, dairy, yes, yes, yeah. If, and I am a big fan of dairy. Me too. I, I love dairy. Are, are we all like you know vitamin D level whole milk people, or are we are we? Skim Yuri dairy? makes fun of me because I have my cereal with half and half. Yeah, that's good. It's so good. Yeah. If you've never had cereal, specifically Cinnamon Life with half and half, you have missed something incredible in life. It's just before or after you roast uh, the joint with a massive lighter. If if I smoked this joint before I ate that, it would be like I took ecstasy as I was eating that. (laughs) It would be life-changing. Does the bowl of Cinnamon Life also... Uh, sit in hash oil for a while before it can be consuming it? <laughs> or is that just the joint? That's just the joint. Okay. Nice. Well, as we uh, mentioned before, and on, on the BFF that we recorded before this, uh, it's wine night in my house tonight because um, I wanted it to be. And I have a nice bottle of wine from California. JP. Whoa! Where? It's called Gold Rush Red. Let me find Ooh. the name. Uh Barrel one thousand stories because we tell a thousand stories and more on this podcast. Barrel aged, gold rush red, a uh, thousand stories vineyards, Hopland, Mendocino County, California. Mendocino, Mendocino. Okay, close and though. Midwestern it's, pronunciation. It's, it's just Mendocino. <laughs> no, it's Mendocino. Described, it's described as the California gold rush was a period of courage, bravado, and curiosity. I, I, oh, I guess there's only one person at this vineyard, crafts Gold Rush Red with these characteristics in mind. The grapes used to blend this bold wine are carefully selected from the golden hills and valleys of California. It is finished in bourbon barrels, which complements this rich wine with notes of charred vanilla and dried herbs. Where the hell did you find this? I don't know. Uh, So Megan uh, Maloney-Vins, my uh, co-editor at the Under Review, came over this past week because uh, we had a, had a meeting. And it was actually the first time she'd been to my apartment since I moved here over a year ago. So she was like, here's a very, very belated housewarming. And it was this and a six-pack of hams. And I figured this was mm. more classier for uh, the podcast. And also I had a rare time where I actually you know, made a nice meal for myself. This, as What'd you make? Hams. I made uh, some salmon with asparagus and a fruit salad. Ooh. So not crazy, but just, you know, nice. Tonight? For dinner? Yeah. Whoa, I'm I had beginning a to love salmon. Yeah. Salmon? You got to. I mean, I've always liked salmon, but I'm just eating it a lot more because I'm like, man, got to get that protein, but also we're, we're getting older. Got yeah. Celine, yeah. And I, I just got uh, two new uh, crop tops. Um, ca- crop tops. I've, it's, it's not brand new. I have one crop top. It, it's more than enough. Trust me. Um, you, you don't need to take my word for it. It's on the socials now. God damn it. Fucking, <laughs> fucking Andre. Andre, out, on, Andre outed me and my gut today. Um, but I got two new uh, uh, cast iron uh, pans. So I wanted to make uh, some uh, mm. you know, st- stove top. I had a stove top uh, salmon recipe for cast iron that I'd been wanting to try. And it turned Did out Did you great. like smush the can or the pans together so you had one on top and one on the bottom? Or why Why is two pans necessary here? Uh, because it came. Well, no, one was bigger than the other. 
Oh, that's okay. And did you use both of them at the same time? No, I just I used the smaller one because it was big enough for the salmon that I was making and easier but, to clean mm, and yes. yeah, logistically just much more uh, right realistic. I get it. Yes, and I didn't spend a ton of time on Amazon looking at the cast iron. So thank you, fuck ben, you for. <laughs> I spend a lot of time on Amazon. No, I don't. I try to spend less. No offense, um, but I still offense bought them. I still back. bought them from. I gave Amazon my business. You fuck. Okay, good. <laughs> hey, did you know that the guy who made your wine? You know what his name is? No, Moldavi. No, listen, this can't be a real name. I mean, we thought talked about on the BFF that Travis Throckmorton may or may not be a real name, and it may or may not be German for something. This guy's name who made your purple wine. Thought <laughs> Travis Morton. I'm, and no, is Bob Blue. <laughs> <laughs> I buy it. I buy it. Bob, I've never met anyone with the last name Blue. B-L-U-E. Uh, we had the Vikings had a safety from Georgia, Greg Blue, for a couple years. Bob I mean, have you Blue. met somebody? Okay. I but, haven't met anyone, but I've, <laughs> I was aware of that dude. And Bob Al- Blue, Al- Alfred Blue on the Houston Texans. You probably started him on your fucking fantasy team because you were terrible for a few years there. Me? No, I was uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I know I've I've known of two NFL players with the last name Blue. Well, there's also Vita if, Blue, but I just Bob don't know Blue, a, a Bob I Blue. Go, I would go by but Robert you Blue. Robert, yeah. Robert, you shouldn't Robbie name Blue. a kid if you have a last name that's one syllable. You shouldn't name your kid. <laughs> Starting with the same letter of your last name and well, his, one syllable his name's name. Got his yeah. real name's got to be Robert. I just googled Bob Blue and it just is a bunch of pictures of blue women's wigs. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? Uh, it is though. Oh, it's hilarious. Is this our worst, sorry, is this oh, our worst blue, episode blue to date? Right no. no, no. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, no, Benny's got to go. Oh, Penny, <laughs> Penny needs to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I have a squirt. Yeah! And for those <laughs> of you that don't know, before oh, the days God. of podcasting, uh, JP and I had a, uh, a, a different, um, well, more video. D- different. Uh, is a budding career. A budding, media aspiring career. social media acting career. Yes. Uh, if you don't know, look up SquirtVig. What is the link? SquirtVid's blog? <laughs> don't promote it. No. I feel like we're going to get a lot of people in trouble going to the wrong URL. <laughs> no, oh, that's that's part of the fun of it is it, it's hard to find. But when you find it, it's worth it. No, there it's are not. videos oh, that we posted about incorporating I- our favorite drink, Squirt. And then we made a rap video or a rap song about it. Too. You know what? I found it. Uh, all the videos are private now, unfortunately, because they were unlisted. I can make them unlisted again. But you gotta join the Patreon because yeah. sneak peeks have been posted in the Discord. But I have to say, if you did want to see that there is a real website that this was official, <laughs> you, uh, is, you don't want to an- answer questions to your employer or your family or your friends or children. What about you our can... employers and our families? And you're linking this to the three of us. You could go to <laughs> nothing yeah. to do with these videos. You could go to squirtvideos.blogspot.com. Yep, and that exists. 
That's what I was looking for. I, I hope it, you've been enjoying this very last episode of the Belligerent Views <laughs> podcast. Uh, we have been canceled by the time you are, are, are listening to this. Uh, Benny is in jail. Uh, JP, JP is missing, and I'm awaiting, awaiting trial. This I podcast this... was a terrible idea. I'm so sorry we did it, and I'm sorry for wasting your time. Thank you, Beaver fam. Remember, you can't spell chop him without <laughs> I, I have to say that we did. We had a uh, Twitter account for about 48 hours before Benny got it uh, canceled. I did. We were, I forgot yeah. about that. I'm telling you. It and the handle been, uh... was at Squirt Videos. That would be so so valuable in today's Twitter world. This was 11 years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Hmm. You blew it, Benny. Yeah, squir- so- squirt blew it. They had an opportunity. <laughs> we did. We did tell them we were guerrilla marketing for them, and yep. they ignored all of all of our efforts. Ignored it. So yeah. cheers to Gary Payton the second Oregon State <laughs> men's basketball alum <laughs> and the Golden State Warriors. Cheers. NBA playoffs. <laughs> Go Beavs. Shout out men's basketball. Shout out the Payton Years podcast. Uh, any chance we can get to talk positively about Oregon State men's basketball. Gary Payton the second. Um, <laughs> and on to the next segment. And moving on, uh, I'd like to remind the listener. Speaking of, have, yeah, we okay. have a very special occasion coming up. Uh, we are recording this on Monday, May 2nd. A week from this Wednesday, Wednesday, May 11th, it is our first birthday. We are turning one, and the collective maturity of the Babes is about the same age. So we are having <laughs> a massive party on Twitter Spaces to commemorate this. Many of you participated in our holiday party at Twitter Spaces ahead of the LA Bowl. It'll be similar to that, but. We were getting some uh, Oregon State experts and personalities to join us, and it's going to be a really fun time. And uh, we'll just keep keep it going uh, on on a turning up on a Wednesday until until we feel like going to bed. Uh, it'll be starting at eight p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday, May eleventh. Uh, have we figured out how to schedule out spaces? Like, oh, it's have scheduled. A... It's scheduled okay, now. So it's it's scheduled. We'll we'll keep uh, just stay tuned to our Twitter account. We'll keep. Uh, po- posting it and reminding you all uh, as insufferably as we are wont to do. But Wednesday, May 11th, we're turning one. We made it a full a full year of podcasting. That's like I, I, I feel is not an insignificant amount of time. I think a lot of podcasts start and die in that time. And we, we could have killed this and probably should have numerous times. <laughs> but we haven't. And maybe the uh, you know U.S. government will step in and make that decision for us. That is TBD. But in the meantime, we are going to celebrate our first birthday uh, wildly uh, with all of our, our, our friends and fam on Twitter Spaces. Again, Wednesday, May 11th, the anniversary of our first episode dropping starting at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Please join us. It'll be fun. Please, please join us. Yeah, we're and we'll, there'll be a time too where we're, we're just we're just gonna open up the mics and you know we're gonna let people talk at, at a certain point as well too. So if you got uh, any grievances to air, you can treat this like a festivist more Ooh. than a birthday if you want Ooh. to. Benny's always trying to get spicy with it. So oh, yeah, can we tease anyone, anyone that's gonna that's conf- can we tease anyone that's confirmed to uh, be joining us for like the you know more structured portion of the uh, birthday? I don't want to tease any exact names. Well, I'll I'll tease one name. So uh, Ashton is gonna Ashton Batusa, who just joined us for the Beaver Fam Focus, the BFF, mm-hmm. uh, will be sort of a, a an honorary co-host and helping us move through through the evening. 
Um, so shout out Ashton, way more followers than the three of us combined. So hell yeah. <laughs> um, and what about also, Andre though? Andre's Andre, got her. Andre, Andre, Andre Nicotina, Andre's got her. Yeah. yeah. So I said the three of us. Andre's not in on the Zoom. So, but Andre will be probably silently observing, but he'll be, he'll be around. Uh, we've got some former football players, um, some other cu- current personalities. Um, you're just gonna have to wait and see, though. I'm not talking. I'm not doing that just to be like, oh, we have you know some D list, F list, E list, whatever. It's like we're that's not the order that those letters appear. But anyway. <laughs> We've we've got some we've got some heavy hitters coming. So get it get excited. People who have made plays for Oregon State Athletics. Ooh, I'll leave it at that. Plays. Made plays. Plays Bam. on the, the field of competition. Son. Yes. Yes. And even if you haven't, we're gonna open the mics up. Yeah, so, we're gonna open the mics yeah. up. It's gonna be fun. Because we've never done that. The only play we made on the field of competition was when Benny ran into me in a squirt video and knocked me on my ass at the 50-yard line of Reacher Stadium. It's, and, our minds are on the same wavelength. I was thinking about that, too, when we were talking about making plays. <laughs> and you can find that video exclusively yeah. in the Discord. <laughs> give us your money to watch Ben tackle JP. In my underwear. underwear. Yeah, in his underwear. In his underwear. It's pretty good. With shoes on, though. That may have been the best one that you guys made, just from a production standpoint. Yeah, I do want to clarify. The the, the narrative was very compelling. We need to start talking about actual things before this gets too out of hand. Um, So we. This is an actual thing, but you're right. I'm gonna make make your final. No, we'll tease it. 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 So yeah, if you are on the fence again of the Patreon, that's what's waiting for you. Yes, and (laughs) that's well worth it. That's the carrot. Um, What the the biggest thing uh, we should probably uh, talk about? Speaking of carrots, oh. We gotta talk about nil deals. Yeah. Oh. Oh. That yeah. you know nil deals is what's uh, controlling uh, sort of the college sports landscape right now. Um, J- JP, can you can you can you tell me more about this? This is a tweet from Nick Dashel. It looks like. Well, shout out to Nick Dashel for some investigative reporting on the nil front, Oregon State. But he has uncovered a plan that the athletic department is intending to put into place where they're able to pay athletes slightly under $6,000 per year for academic performance. And I know that Benny has been a big proponent of NIL and using it to attract not just great students, but student athletes. And to me... For a school that actually does fairly well, at least what I have perceived uh, when it comes to academics and athletics, this is a great incentive. I mean, especially for students who may be on some sort of like partial scholarship or walk-on to know, yeah, it could be a preferred walk-on somewhere and still potentially get $6,000 a year to cover the cost of whatever I want because I just went to class and did my best in school. Like, I think it's really cool. Um, This is a changing tide of college athletics. There's so much more that's to come, I think, with NIL. This is the first time I think that for me, I've felt some sort of close association to it because this is the university 
offering an NIL deal to its own student athletes, essentially. It's not a car dealership covering an offensive lineman's tuition or books, right? Like, this is literally the school, the athletic department being like, how can we get on the forefront of this? How can we be creative on designating funds to our student athletes and enticing them to be great beavers on and off the off the field and pitch and court whatever uh and i I think it's great i mean this is really i think this is a big deal like this is showing that oregon state's forward thinking in this regards and again this is the infancy of nil but we're already trying to do what we can to take advantage of it for our athletes and i think that's really cool it's proactive for sure i i I agree with you I, i think that this um i mean like i think it's pretty obvious at this point that the schools that um, resist paying athletes are, are going to be the ones that get left behind in the dust. Uh, I think that's it's pretty obvious that schools being able to pay athletes is, is going to be coming down the pipeline at some point. I agree with you that NIL is just going to expand from this point on. So it is, um, I think from a recruiting standpoint, it benefits Oregon State for the time being. Now, if we get into a dick measuring contest with some of the bigger bigger schools uh, that have more money to give that that probably won't bode well for them. But I think at the end of the day, um, there's something to take about Oregon state being a school that agreed to pay athletes and fought and prodded to find a way to pay their athlete, their student athletes before they were told they had to. Um, I think you're going to find that a lot of schools do resist this and don't want to pay their athletes. And at the end of the day, why would you be against I mean, the athletes are the reason why the school is making as much money as what they are. Yep. Um, so I, I think that, um, you know, you want to be uh, have an affiliation with a school that is wanting to make those right decisions um, before they're forced into it. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. And I think the, the part of this that's going to be interesting is how do you how do you make NIL a platform for your student athletes. And I think Oregon State's got some pieces in place that they need to figure out how do we start this process as soon as possible to get our our student athletes paid, to get them investing the money wisely, to get them prepared to use the money, their name, image, likeness, whatever it might be, whatever they're studying outside of their sport and after school, after their playing days are done and they've got some of those components right we've talked to alexis cerna he's done he's doing the beyond football he's the director of beyond football for uh oregon state and he's helping to you know play students after their playing careers in great jobs that are suited to their interests but i think there's a bridge that needs to be gapped and i think it or a gap needs to be bridged whatever it might be but uh if you look at Great, you give a freshman $6,000 because they got a 3.0 or higher. That freshman should do whatever they want with that money, period. They should be able to. But as a university, and if you're trying to entice a student to be like, we're going to help you spend that wisely to like be able to enjoy the money, but also to be future and forward thinking, to prepare yourself not just with the $6,000 burning a hole in your wallet, but what happens in years to come when we've helped place you in a, a role after your playing days and you've got extra income to burn. And I think that to me as saying like, you come here, you're going to be prepared to deal with money 
and have money at your disposal is so much bigger than any school that's just offering some or any sort of NIL deal that's offering some big time athletes like six figure deals or seven figure deals in that case. Right. And that's always been a question too. Like even long before NIL deals too, was this teaching athletes how to manage the money that they would one day either earn or, or hope to earn just with the level of, especially in the NFL, just how the rate of players who go bankrupt after their careers are over because it's like people who have never had that kind of money before then have no one in place to help them manage it. It's so, you know, and they just keep doing it on and on and on. Like obviously that problem's not going to fix itself. So adding i've seen people talk about like having like courses and like classes taught by like agents and things like that but i mean if you're should earning, be taught by uh, yeah it should be taught by like economic professionals and to well also... yeah that's the, but i mean like people with, yeah. like who have like experience like in the sports industry like specifically for it but also yeah. it's like if you're like all right i'm gonna earn this to help me like either with tuition or books or food or lifestyle or whatever and the university is putting me in a good place to be successful with that money, like already at a younger age. Yeah, like that's a huge incentive. And we we think of it through football because that's the the big money sport that you, like we just can't deny. But uh, yeah, I hope that would extend uh, across to other sports as well. And so it's at the very worst, just like helping kids get through school, pursue their sport, and get an education. And you know, even more so helping future NFLers and uh, high, uh, highly paid athletes, you know, um, get the skills and tools to be successful financially during their playing career and, and beyond. So shout out to Oregon State for doing this. Yeah, I'm very curious to see where That's, it goes. Yeah. They haven't laid on a number yet. I think the max they can do is that 6,000 or 5980, whatever it is. Sense. I think that's reasonable. Like, I think that, yeah, but like, you know, that's still $500 a month. Right. Like, and and depending on where you are in your life, it could be a lot or an insignificant amount be. of money. Yeah. But you're definitely when you are in college, five hundred yeah. extra dollars per month of disposable income is huge. Is is like a fifty fold of what you normally have. Well, so it happens yep. every year where there's like a dude who's a, a walk on and doesn't get to eat for free in the dining hall because he's a walk on and not a. Yep full scholarship player and they talk like they'll eventually work their way to gain a scholarship and then they can just eat in the dining hall and not have to ration every fucking meal like that shouldn't be happening in d1 sports yeah to any student who's on the team that should not be a thing yeah the total plan could cost the university two million dollars two million dollars which sounds like a lot of money to us what's what's oregon state's endowment like yeah you look at the books over a billion it's not. It's nothing. That's what's contributing to that endowment. Probably football. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the exact numbers, but um, but this is across all sports. This is all sports. Yeah, of course, all sports. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, like, but still, this this does level that kind of playing field of like, yeah, who's who's generating the revenue, and instead is rewarding student athletes across the entire university. And I think that's actually great. I mean, honestly, right. like. If you're about to go to university and they're like, ah, yeah, we've got NIL stuff set up for football, but not you, soccer player, right? Like, you're gonna be like, I don't care how good your coaching staff is and your facilities are. Like, you clearly don't care about me or the program I would be joining. But if they're like, no, no, we're gonna give you the same opportunity to earn 
money for your academic performance by being an athlete at the school as, as somebody at a uh, that plays a sport that generates more revenue clearly that as a as a 17 18 19 year old student you'd be like they take me seriously yeah yeah so, absolutely yeah we'll see we'll see how it turns out yeah I mean, can't wait to keep following this and you know what the final figure is if they actually get it in place you know it'd be a cool thing for the university to do to i don't know what the incentive would necessarily be or how the players could act on the incentive but to instead of having a fixed number do a percent of the money that the athletic department as a whole brings in through through like tickets and merchandise and concessions and whatever um to just get the student athletes invested in the other sports and having them be successful too it'd just be an interesting way to do it yeah, like some camaraderie around the the different sports, and like kind of their their performance kind of drives your you know, bonus as well. One right. thing I've noticed, and this is in the Dashell article, and I think that this is something that we can just leave as a cliffhanger because we don't have to delve in too deep. But the school is considering tying the bonus to if you complete your college career with Oregon State instead of transferring out of the university. So while there might be some, who knows how they'll break it up, right? I would imagine that the right way to do this would be to provide some sort of bonus, performance bonus, academic performance bonus while they are taking classes and then earmarking half of it for, you know, once they, uh, once they graduate or complete their eligibility at Oregon State. That's a great retainer play great retainer play and i'm curious to see where they go with that especially yeah i i could see it both ways i I agree with you that i think that um it it is a retainer and it's a good way to um get those players uh or student athletes that are on the fence of maybe i'm going to transfer but i'm not sure um that would definitely be a, a magnet to keep them at the school um, but at the same time, it's like, if you're going to pay the players, like, just pay them. Right? Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, it depends what the university is, though. And I think the structure of this right. will be how my intrigue is uh, lies within how do these different programs and universities structure these kind of deals? Because what if some of these places are like, yeah, you could transfer here, but NIL is off the board for you. Because right. you weren't recruited out of high school. You cho- or if you were and you did not choose a university, you went somewhere else and didn't work out and you transferred, mm-hmm. are you still eligible for this kind of bonus? So right. I, it will be very um, circumstantial, I think, when it when we look at how this stuff is structured. And while I agree, yeah, like just pay them, I don't think that they should eat into their pay to try to retain them. But I do think that a school like Oregon State should definitely reward loyalty. For sure. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of loyalty and uh, getting paid. We had the NFL draft this weekend, and some guys are about to get paid. Uh, In total, I'll start with the optimistic part of this, uh, seven Oregon State players uh, had deals signed or agreed to over the weekend. Uh, the important number there is seven. Uh, if we're going to be, you know, cutting cutting numbers, it's one drafted. Uh, shout out to Tegan Quatoriano, Oregon State tight end, drafted by the Houston Texans, 170th overall in the fifth round. 
the only Oregon State player hearing his name called during the draft. But shortly after that, six more Beaver football players uh, quickly agreeing to mm-hmm. undrafted free agent deals across the league. And you might think one drafted, six free agents, whatever, like that's, you know, a third or fourth of what Alabama and Georgia are doing. And that's fine. That's right. Whatever. Uh, when Smith, after Smith's first year, 2018? Zero. 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 Not, a single, not a single player drafted, not a single UDFA deal. And this is this is a record then. So it's, you know, since then, those five years or three years per Dashiell, uh, five, four, and seven this year. So that, I think, is a pretty good and clear sign of things moving in, in the right direction is both having and developing uh, NFL talent. And let's let's start with Tegan, first of all, as the one yeah. who got drafted. Shout out Congrats, to Tegan. Tegan and yeah. Yep. We, we even though his numbers weren't eye popping, like the Beavs did not treat him like Gronk in their offense last year, but clearly a dude with uh, NFL athleticism, uh, NFL size. The Texans are whatever, <laughs> but I'm excited for him because there is opportunity there. Like I might need to like watch a bunch of Texans games because it's like I think. Uh, if Cooks is still there, Cooks is gonna just you know eat. He's gonna be the number one like receiver. But now like I, I remember, so I, I was gonna Cooks say Cooks is I, still there. He just signed an extension. He's not yeah, leaving. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, it's just who knows with uh, with the Texans <laughs> ever. Say, yeah. <laughs> um, but with I was about to say I'm not. I wasn't as into the NFL draft as I have been in previous. Dude, years. same. You guys remember me in college? But yeah, then I yeah. I was going to follow that up with, well, the draft sims I did on Pro Football Focus Mock Draft Simulator. <laughs> so I was still doing that, just not to the same degree. But what was funny about the Texans is I, I was, of course, doing drafts as, like, the Vikings. And then I was, like, trying to do, like, a couple other teams just, like, out of curiosity. Um, and they do this thing where it's, like, team needs. So it's, like, Vikings, like, guard, edge rusher, corners, like, Niners, whatever, two, three positions. The Texans team needs were just every position. <laughs> In the Athletics NFL Draft uh, preview, Robert May said, the Texans just need actual football players. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're still going to be bad, but like, it wouldn't be crazy if he's like tight end one by like week two. That would and, be sick. Like, he probably yeah. won't be, but like, he's going to get the opportunity to play a lot. He's going to get the opportunity to play a lot on special teams. So this is like kind of just like a sink or swim situation. Um, and there's just going to be a lot of, a lot of reps to be had for him. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for him. I think he actually landed in a, in a pretty good uh, situation, even if it's a bit of a train wreck for a couple seasons in Houston. I agree. I think so too. Um, I, I, with Tegan, it was very clear that we didn't utilize him as an offensive threat, but we did showcase his abilities quite nicely when it comes to, being multidimensional as a tight end. He's athletic. He's got good size. He's got decent hands. He can block. He's a smart player on offense. So I think that a team that just needs playmakers and they need somebody that can be very involved in their offense, whether they have the ball or not, it makes a, it makes a ton of sense that Houston is bringing in Tegan. Uh, and I want to shout out to... 
Tegan's dad, Tony, who has been, I believe, a listener and definitely a follower on Twitter. Um, we're big uh, TQ fans, so we're looking forward to seeing what Tegan can do in Houston. I think, <laughs> depending upon you know the quarterback situation and uh, really everything with that team, it could be great. But I like honestly, I don't. I mean. I don't know now how to read much into like the kind of pre-draft stock information. I do feel like Tegan as a fifth rounder was a good deal, and I think that's a Absolutely. fair deal for both for both him and the Texans. I could see a team that need, had a big tight end need, athletic tight end need like him, reaching into the fourth round. But I'm just kind of glad he's slotted in there he's gonna get paid for that round as deserved he's gonna have a ton of opportunity as you alluded to and i'm excited to just i mean we got two oregon state players on the offensive side of the ball in houston texas we, Let's we go. are officially a houston texans podcast starting this fall yeah <laughs> and he could be taking pharaoh is it pharaoh brown pharaoh brown his spot on the yeah. Texans, who's uh, an Oregon Duck alum. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that would be cool. And just got, real, real quick, uh, this is on the same note, I promise. Uh, JP, how, how many Oregon Duck players were, were drafted this weekend? Ooh, uh, I think one, and they're going to regret that pick. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the correct answer is one. Uh, and so how, how many Oregon State dra- players were drafted this weekend? One. One okay, so mm-hmm. one to one is that a mathematical equivalent? It is, and I'm okay. really good at math. And I can tell you one, one equals one, one. One equals one. Okay, yep. okay. So all of the super hyped five star, five star, five star, all these incredible recruiting classes of Mario Cristobal netted one draft pick. Yeah, against one draft pick of Jonathan yep. Smith's more muted, mm-hmm. we celebrated. Okay, I'm just you know. I'm, I'm just trying to catch up here. Okay, so it's one to one. After Kayvon Thibodeau, a single duck player didn't hear their name called. No, I didn't. Someone okay. guy named Verone McKinley. The, <laughs> the second or the third? I can't remember. Uh, does um, it matter? I saw him on Mel's Best Available, but I didn't see him. Uh, oh. He stayed. He was on Mel's Best Available for a really long time. Phil. Phil paid Mel. Phil paid Mel. <laughs> did Did uh, he leave Oregon early? Yeah. yeah, two years of eligibility left. So did CJ Verdell. So did yeah. Devin Williams. So did Mikhail Wright. <laughs> That's wow. that Oregon education for you, man. You can't think well. You don't know what you're doing. It's problematic. Devin Williams, who was going to come here first, but then decided to come That's right. That was, that was, remember that? That was annoying. Anyways. Mm. So now after, a, we, after we just oh, – go, go ahead. Ask me. I, was like, I have a question for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Besides the fact that clearly I believe – there are far too many NFC West players that are not Oregon State and the San Francisco 49ers. There's far too many Seattle Seahawks Beaver uh, undrafted free agents. Mm-hmm. We're, I was about, we're about to get to this. All of and that all must sh- just pale in comparison to how I, you feel. I need to know. I need, I need to know. You how do you my, feel? 
You ruined my segue of no. af- after shitting <laughs> on uh, Oregon players who just signed undrafted free agent deals, let's celebrate Oregon State players who just signed undrafted free agent deals because that is the pettiness level of this podcast. No, I'm not trying um, to go I petty. Know, I, I want know, you to I know. know. We have that, six. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go. Well, we have six. I know where we're going with this. Yeah. One of my favorite you're fucking formu- beavers You're ever. formulating an answer. I can see it in your face. Benny, I cannot see your face. You just took a giant rip of that joint again. So the whole draft. My disappearing trick. The whole draft when running backs <laughs> got drafted, I was like, I'm pretty sure that running back's not better than B.J. Baylor. Yep. So B.J. Baylor goes undrafted. As I kind of expected he would, he wasn't even in Pro Football Focus's draft mock draft simulator. Like you couldn't even draft him. It was just bullshit. Which is ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. Avery Roberts wasn't there. Keontae yeah. Shad wasn't there. None of them were. None of them. Uh, Tegan was, but was ranked like 350th. So fucking yeah. Pro Football Focus. Yeah. BJ Baylor, undrafted free agent, signs with the Green Bay Packers. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I'm still on that BJ. We Express, just man. one of our newest followers is a Packer fan. I'm not going to shout them out because they're a Packer fan. <laughs> Jay, if you want to look it up, you can go ahead and give a name. But I am. I'll let you roll this. Keep going. I, <laughs> it's so hard. So our our good friend Baba Ganoush, uh, who went to the University of Washington uh, and grew up in Minneapolis with me, despises the Packers. This happened to him a couple years ago when they drafted Kevin King out of University of Washington in the first round. So today he texted me the image of BJ Baylor, like in like the Photoshop of him in Packer shit, with the the text accompanying text. How could you let this happen? <laughs> this is your fucking fault. And I already know that BJ is like not gonna play, but for most of the year, hey. and then. Because the Packers are the Packers, and they always have a million injuries every year. They'll be going into like some primetime game with the Vikings, and BJ will be the only active running back, and he's going to rush for like 250 and three against <laughs> so the wait, Vikings. Hold on. You have BJ Baylor on the Packers. You have Jefferson on the Lions, and you have Ryan Nall on the Bears. So you have no, a, he's no, the Cowboys he's now. Now, but Artavis, oh. Pier- Artavis Pierce is still on the Bears, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. So you Nall's have an Oregon State running back on every. Team except my other team in your conference. Time for a new team. Yeah, I'll tra- I'll trade Kirk Cousins for any Oregon State alum. Matt Moore, <laughs> me. Yeah. Well, I'm an alumnae. <laughs> alum not. Anyway, I'm very BJ. If you're listening, like, dog, I'm happy for you. I would have been so much happier if it was any one of 31 other teams. Um, dog, I would be so happy if BJ Baylor was listening to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> he might, we don't know that he's not. Yeah. BJ, I know you're listening. BJ, you took a picture with someone... me. My child ran away from us. I lost him for about 15 minutes in the mass of, of people on the field at research. <laughs> I City. love BJ Baylor so much. Why is he on the Packers? <laughs> they haven't really drafted Beeves before. No, okay. Other so, than Nick Barnett. Yeah, that was a big one. But do you that want was a to? Big one. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to know? Yeah, I mean, your level of disappointment is pretty high right now. But I told the mini baby Everett once we were watching 
the first round because the Niners had no picks. I'm like, one, let's see what happens because Debo could be traded. And if the Niners end up having yeah, to pick. You could have had our picks if you had traded me Debo like I did in that mock draft simulator. <laughs> no. You didn't agree to it. I would have given you the 12th pick happily. But as we're going on, he's like, this is so boring. I don't know any of these teams or players. And I was like, well, there's Oregon State players who could get drafted. So I was explaining to him about how. In the like, first round. <laughs> Well, I was just trying Fucking to like get liar. his attention up, right? So, I, but I was I brought up like how cool would it be if the 49ers drafted BJ Baylor, and he clearly wasn't listening fully to me say this. So the next day we put the game on, or the put the draft on, on Saturday, and I'm like, oh, well, let's or Friday, whatever it was. I'm like, all right, let's turn it on. It's rounds two and three. Let's go and let's see where BJ goes. He's like, Dad, he's what are you talking about? I'm like, well, let's see. The Niners have picks. There's still a bunch of Beavers available. He's like, no, you you told me last night that BJ the 49ers drafted BJ Baylor, and I was like, see, you gotta be ah, your son is at a very sentient time now, JP. You can't just <laughs> bullshit anymore. I know, and I I, I felt up everything. I felt like I ruined him because he was like, no, you. You, you told me yesterday that, that the 49ers drafted him. Somehow like, Everett already had the jersey. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't tell him where he ended up, but I, I he was, like, heartbroken that I had to, like, tell him he hadn't even drafted yet, let alone by the 49ers. Oh, man. Oh, I remember caring about sports that much. Like, it would just crush you. You still care. Shut up. I care about it, but, like, that's a different type of care. Yeah, right. that's when you feel like it's, like, totally related to you at that yeah. age or any, right. any young age. So, speaking that of related fun. to me, I uh, – I hate the Ducks, and that's very related forever because I hope we fucking destroy them in baseball this week. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Terry? Oh, we're moving on to baseball already? Can we at least shout out the other Oregon State football players? I'll say the names. Keontae Shad, Arizona Cardinal. Elijah Jones, Seattle Seahawk. Boo. At least for Mm -hmm. YouTube. Avery Roberts, also a Seattle Seahawk. Andre Hughes-Murray, Los Angeles Rams. Trevon Bradford, Los Angeles Chargers. Congratulations, gentlemen. Uh, so proud of you already. Uh, glad that you got this opportunity in the NFL and can't wait to uh, to see your pro career take off. I wouldn't be surprised if all these dudes stuck around for a long time. I, I think I that Shad teams are going to be really, really upset with themselves for not going after Avery Roberts after the draft. That yeah. was surprising. To, I mean, mm-hmm. I know that he wasn't supposed to be picked or like that's what the expert said, but what I, is your biggest surprise at the draft? That was it. Is that that's he didn't it. even get an uh, an undrafted free agency contract. He just got invited to their mini camp. Biggest surprise like Oregon State related surprise or Yeah. Cuz um PJ Taylor going to the pack. <laughs> it kind of fell the way I, I figured it would. Like, did you, did you really only see Tegan being the only draftee? Did, I didn't think it was legit. Like, I, I disagreed with it, but just by like the draft, like prep that I read, it didn't seem like anyone else had a shot. I think I, from just honestly, like my own, Shad. I think Keontae Shad absolutely should have been. I thought Shad should have been. I thought Shad in my mind was a fourth, fifth rounder. I thought Tegan was a fifth and rounder. Noose. Is there any word on Noose? No, I don't know if he's one. If he's, I know Eldridge pulled out and yeah, and say that didn't quite surprise play? me. He's just smart and was like, I'm done with football. A- like, Avery, Avery surprised me because I thought he'd be like a fifth, sixth, 
to be honest. I mean, his last year wasn't great, but he was phenomenal the year before that. I don't think that this Mm -hmm, shit just disappears from your skill set. And I think it's more scheme and use and maybe health. But I I even saw BJ being drafted. Seventh, maybe. But, like, I saw him getting drafted. And I and I think shout out to the Payton years again. This that's the Beaver bias, right? It's Beaver I bias. think if there was one that was like going to be a surprise that like I wouldn't have been that surprised about would have been Andre Hughes Murray just because he's such a freak athlete, yeah, and has the personality to like wow in interviews. So like I I could have just seen him winning over like a total scouting department at the pro day, uh, which could be the difference in getting your name called in the sixth and seventh versus being undrafted. Uh, so. I thought I thought Andre had a chance. I really just like I don't know. I think it's bullshit that BJ didn't get any love in the pre-draft process. But you know, a running. He even mentioned it. I think it was in one of Dashiell's articles that like he mentioned around the pro day that like some scouts had mentioned to him like concern about his forty time like leading up to the pro day because they'd seen him get caught from behind on some of his big runs. But oh, because all those big runs happen in the NFL. Like, right. That shit's just so dated now. Like, oh yeah, you can't. Well, keep he your... he know he knows how to fucking run too. Like, it's yeah. why like Jefferson. So I think Jefferson being like the fourth to last pick last year, and just him having a more impressive overall body of work, or just a more like a uh, lengthy body of work than BJ Baylor. I but they're both smart to... runners. Yeah, mm-hmm. BJ will hit a hole. Like, I don't know if he's gonna be the, like you're just like. Like lightning uh, sprinter that like teams can use, but like he just knows how to play football. And I know I'm not trying to take anything away from other running backs, but I don't know these. It seems like teams like want a running back that they can turn into like Percy Harvin or some shit, and like put him in the slot and throw him the ball, whatever. Which you know BJ is pretty decent in the passing game too, but he just like he knows he knows how to play the position and. and he's going to bring a intellect and an effort and just a know-how to any room that he steps into. And it is now going to be for my least favorite organization on the planet. So I that is something that I have to deal with as a man. And I will deal with it. I don't know. I, I have a feeling I'm going to spend most of my upcoming therapy session talking about BJ Baylor on the Packers. And my therapist is going to be like, this is for you know real – mental health issues terry and i'll be like <laughs> i'm getting to it just listen um <laughs> here's like here's why you have to hate the packers as much as i do therapist um anyway we do need to move on um uh, but yeah that's the nfl draft uh rundown. speaking of hate but speaking of this again am i segueing again even though my segue <laughs> i was over one <laughs> sorry sorry you were just a little premature but yes beaver baseball we beat the Ducks on Tuesday, and then we took two out of three from the Utes in Utah. We remain the number one ranked team in the country in every no, poll two. except number oh, two ranked team. Sorry, yeah. number two ranked team in the country in every poll except for collegiate baseball, which has us at number three. That they were the ones who had us at like oh, number hey, seventeen when everyone was top five. Um, and we've got four games with the Ducks looming. This week, one game on two, a non-conference game <laughs> against our biggest conference rival on Tuesday in Eugene, and then three conference games. No, at home. Biggest conference rival. Oh, that one. That one's in Eugene. I think that one's in Eugene, and then that one's oh, in okay. Eugene, Up and then the next three are in Corvallis. Yeah, the yeah. next three are in Corvallis. So, a big, big Civil War baseball week. We are going to be eating Peking duck every night. Duck in, confit in, in my duck new. Confit. 
in my new cooked in my new cast iron stovetops courtesy of amazon.com uh so yeah jp how are you feeling after this last baseball series against utah with four games against the those fuckers from eugene uh coming up this week i'm glad we took the game against oregon before we left that was big um (laughs) The series against Utah was super weird because the times were all like, they, like they didn't make sense. Like a t- Agreed. a ten a.m. Friday matchup, it was like I'm at work <laughs> watching Jerpy just mow down the Utes. I'm like this. It, it's like I haven't even had lunch yet. This is super weird. And then they had uh, you know the Sunday evening game, which they I guess kind of squeezed in because the weather wasn't supposed to work out for them there's really no rhyme or reason why that i have seen why the schedule was so weird i'm glad we took two out of three i'll take two out of three on the road any day any day um it sets up very well for the next four which to wrap up our non-con and con games (laughs) against Mm -hmm. oregon um i'm I'm very optimistic. I don't know if we'll do enough through the rest of the season to, in the eyes of the pollsters, catch Tennessee. Maybe if we start throwing bats at other teams' dugouts, we might be able to. <laughs> I just, like, whatever. At, at this point, is is one, two, three, four, five really matter? Like, no. It doesn't we, matter. We We're... To- one through eight are essentially the same. Yeah, we're right. want to host s- that super regional. We're a solid top four, no matter how the rest of the season rounds and then out. You get to Omaha, and anything can happen. Yeah, so whatever. I just I'm, I'm enjoying watching this team. The pitching staff has been phenomenal. They're definitely one of the best pitching staffs that I've seen in this program in the last ten years, and probably up there with the the seventeen team. Yep. God, I yeah. hope we take the next four against the Ducks. Yeah. And the the fact that the one loss that we had last week was when Jerpy was pitching, uh, yeah. like that even further diminishes like that loss having really any sort of impact. Yep. Or meaning. Yep. Right. It's going to happen. He was, per- he was perfect through six into the seven. Yeah. And then yeah. Dashiell tweeted about it. He's perfect. Or, yeah. or, or Dash- maybe wrote oh, about yeah. it. Yeah. Nick Dashell's never coming on the pod. Can we just? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've given Dashell a lot of props, but hey, man, uh, you don't even... you don't bring up a, the jinx to a, a writer though, because they are already writing their game stories about perfect games and right. no hitters before well, it becomes public. It's jinxed anyways, and in their yeah. mind, they feel attacked. So. Calling him did, out on did he it, on publish a did he publish a piece on yeah Oregon it was like Live? it was a uh, in game piece like and I just happened to be on Oregon Live yeah. when it got posted or like minutes after I'm and I saw anti, it I'm anti in game pieces as a practice like that's what, that's what Twitter's for I'm anti talking about perfect games and no hitters yeah. directly. And it was like, Jerpy has a per- yeah. is perfect through through six. six. Jerpy's yeah. through six. And you can say Jerpy hasn't, uh, hasn't given up a base hasn't runner, given up a hit or a runner or a walk or a hit by pitch or, or Jerpy through six, Utah still without a base runner. I mean, like there are ways to, to 
Or just don't write or a Trey. Or close game. Who is reading it's a close the game right game now. piece that's just not watching the game? Me. See, that's what <laughs> happened. Is I saw it and I was Why? like, oh shit, they do have a game early you today. Saw it and I went on the Twitter. Well, I guess. And then that's... I looked. See, that's why. That's what's ruining everything is because like fucking editors and websites just want clicks and numbers. So it's like, hey, put up this in-game piece that fifty people will click on, and we can say we got fifty more clicks. Yeah. When it's like, why am I reading this piece about this game that's happening? <laughs> like you, you don't pause. I'll, a I'll watch it instead. Yeah. You don't pause a movie when you're at the movies to read the review of the movie that you're watching. If you up do, to the point idiot. you're watching too. Up to the point you're watching, not Up even the, the point you're watching, not even the spoilers. Just like, how have you felt the, the intro was? And right. Well, and apparently, someone said it's to the movie theater to watch. Someone the rest said of the movie. it's a perfect movie, but it turns out the <laughs> thing was just a red herring, and now it sucks. <laughs> I blame whoever the fuck on Fandango.com. I, I blame Nick Dashel. He's probably. He's probably I mean, on – Dashiell's on Fandango ruining movies. I know it. Dashiell ruined Endgame for me. He told – I didn't think it was the end, even though it's in the title. Damn it. <laughs> I'm kidding, Nick. We, lo we love your coverage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, your Oregon State Beavers baseball team, 34-9, four straight games uh, against the Ducks. Um in the former Beaver category, we have not talked enough about Stephen Kwan on this podcast. I agree. He's being talked about left and right, but he needs his flowers uh, from, yeah. from the Babes. Officially named AL, MLB, not just AL, the whole, yeah. the AL. The whole the, damn thing. Every L, but he hasn't, he's has no L's. He has W's because he's the rookie of the month. Uh, historic start for uh, the former Beaver outfielder. Um, as of yesterday, he was leading the majors in uh, overall contact percentage at the plate. Uh, he didn't swing and miss until the 117th pitch he saw. That became like a thing on Twit on baseball. Against Twitter. the Giants. How many pitches, of Sorry. course, he makes it about the Giants. Until he <laughs> – there was like a fucking – I saw someone, I forget the Twitter user, but – Posted a tombstone with the streak of pitches that yeah. Stephen Kwan had it swung and missed that. Uh, <laughs> that's incredible. 116 pitches in a row without totally missing. I'm the opposite of that at any batting cage. Yeah. Well, and I wanna... that's also on top of the 35, at least 35 at bats where he didn't have a strikeout in um, uh, spring training. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But I also want to point out, and this is really this is the part that intrigued me the most. And I mean, Quan is if you take the old definition of baseball as a professional hitter, he is the epitome of a professional hitter. The guy is smart at the plate. He swings the pitches that are in the strike zone that he can make contact with, and he puts them in play. But baseball has been trending the last few years about yeah, if you put it in play, what's your exit velo, right? And mm -hmm especially against defenses that are shifting more and more often, how are you, what's your spray chart look like, right? How are you getting balls, you know, fair and not caught? And his numbers are like, they like blow your mind in a way that his, he has like no hard hit balls, like almost all season. He's just slapping hits all over the field though. Defying current Major League Baseball logic of finding guys who just rip it off the bat, regardless of their contact rate, regardless of their strikeout rate, 
they're know, looking for dudes who just rip 100, 110 off the bat. And he's hitting like 90, 100 and still leading the league in all these categories. And that's why I think it's even more intriguing for me because he's flipped baseball conventional, right. modern baseball knowledge on his head. He's, that's like that's some Rod Carew shit. That's what he did all the way to yeah. Cooperstown. Yeah, real, real old school. But it's like he, like Rod Carew said, hit it where they ain't. Yep, there's no one there to hit. Exactly. And he's just. I. I mean, obviously, I th- would say like this isn't super sustainable, but it could be partially sustainable, and partially sustainable is really fucking good. Yeah, so I, I'm really excited. It's refreshing to see uh, it. It's refreshing to see it, and also like. It might not be sustainable, but who's to say that this isn't intentional? All of this hasn't yeah. been intentional by Quan to be like, I know that defenses are sitting up this way. I know that they're expecting. I mean, this is just like a junk the- pitcher throwing 75. I mean, we've got Tyler Rogers, Terry, you're familiar with his twin brother is an ex-twin, now Padre. Uh, right. His it's brother also- throws heat. It's also psychotic to have twins and name them Taylor and Tyler. But I know different. it is, and they're identical <laughs> twins too. They are identical. Yes, very identical. But but Tyler Rogers throws submarine. He throws max eighty on his fastball, but it is so unconventional that the batters don't know what to do. And I feel like Quan is a modernly unconventional batter intentionally unconventional yes they i think that it could be sustainable because i think that's just his approach and that's why i think he flew under the radar so much because no one wanted to talk about a dude who had exit velocity and slapping hits over the field like like they want a guy who's hitting bombs or striking out and that's why he's gonna have a long career it's gonna gonna be a fucking joke too when like infields try to like shift on him and he'll just be like all right well now that four exactly. of you are in between first and second i'm just gonna hit it at third yep fucking morons um yep. so yeah. play discipline back control he's got it all and that's why it's the, crazy like, that he's able to do that as a rookie like outsmart the defenses essentially or outsmart the what the experts say you should be playing like yeah but i think that the the, the experts are the GMs who want to be experts, right? Like they're, of course they're experts. Right. Like they right. run their team. So, and they're like, this is the way we're doing things. Like that's the smart way to do stuff. I'm, I'm curious about, I would love to hear the inside story about the guardians decision to obviously he forced their hand in spring training, but like he had that shot and he took advantage. So like what, what, what signal to them we should give this guy a shot. Right. Because everything on paper was like contact hitter will never translate to the big leagues. Sure. Well, I will. Uh, I'm hoping to catch him in person in about a week and a half. The nice. Guardians will be in town, uh, and so there'll be Quan on the field, and also uh, Larnack, who after starting the year in AAA has been playing yeah, really well back. for us. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's back. Yeah, he's been he's been big for us. Uh, so yeah, I hope to get a chance to see a couple of Oregon State big leader leaguers on. Uh, the field in Minneapolis um, next week. Uh, we are close to being out of time, um, <laughs> so we'll uh, <laughs> we'll we'll do the bad news part quickly. Uh, the slide for softball, fuck, it just continues. Um, now, now at ten in a row, getting swept by Oregon, uh, who we will we must admit is is good, good softball school. They're ranked right now. 
Uh, you one gave game, him the flowers. How dare gotta you? Gotta give them their. Hey, I, I'm I'm the one. I'm the resident flower giver and uh, <laughs> voice of reason. When when Oregon is good, I will say they're good, and their softball team is good. And they beat our softball team three times in three games. Uh, one one five to nothing. The other two were close. So they ain't special. There's been a we, number of teams uh, that have done that this year. <laughs> yeah, but the teams that haven't been special. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we talked at length about this team uh, last week. Not a lot has changed. They got three more games to go against Utah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, NCAA dreams are on the bubble. This is my fear. This is my worry. And I think I talked about it. It's like I'd love to see how they respond against UCLA, and that was like two series ago now. Mm-hmm. Um not that I wanted them to sweep UCLA. Well, I wanted them to. Not that I expected them to. Right. Um, if they would have taken one against UW and one against UCLA, we would have been in a different conversation. I think we had a different mindset even going into this series against Oregon. This is a long skid. This is a very, very long losing streak for a team that put up a very equivalent winning streak earlier in the season. And... I think this is just youth. This is just youth. It's inexperienced. They're in a tailspin. It's a hard thing to pull out of. Honestly, like, <laughs> we have in here, yeah, there's a lot of one-run losses. There's still losses. And I think we see it as a fan, like, oh, they were close. They fought back. They are, They were down a lot, and then they lost by a run. It was a good effort. But these are, like, legit athletes who go, like, I don't fucking care about a one-run loss because we lost. There's no, you know, charity victory here. Like we, we needed to win that game. We didn't do it. And I, and I think having that kind of mindset is important when you're competing on a level like the Pac-12 and any sort of, you know, Power Five conference. But it will weigh on you as well. And I think there's so much youth. We've covered this before. This team, there's like 19 underclassmen on the team, and this is one of those skids that will really, really drag you down. And it's against worthy opponents. Not to say they lost against a bunch of scrubs. Like, they lost against very, very good and established programs. They need to sweep Utah. They got to sweep Utah. Or this, this early season success feels like a mirage that can be built upon. Don't get me wrong. But, like, you have to, like... You have to make it count this year. You have to make it count this year. And the only way you can do your best make it count now is you sweep Utah. And I hope they can yep. get out of it and get some momentum going into postseason play. I feel like uh, baseball and softball are uniquely um, – your performance is tied to your mindset in a unique mm-hmm. way uh, outside of other sports. And so, I mean, it would it would point to their youth that you have this streaky team where when you're hot, you're, you're zoned in, you're focused, and when you're playing a sport that has – relies on such a high amount of finesse um when you're when you're hot you're you're gonna play really well and when you're when you're losing that just builds on itself and when you're young you don't know how to deal with that as well as when you're established and have had a few years under your belt so i i think i agree with you that this is uh largely chalked up to the youth of the team yeah and real quick, in the good news department, we've uh, seen a lot of departures from the women's basketball program, which have lead, led some to believe that there might be a, 
something beneath the surface that's not quite right. Uh, maybe uh, former Beaver Leah Goodman is just a really fucking good recruiter because Kennedy Brown <laughs> oh. and Terry Carosdale are going to Duke, where uh, Aaliyah Goodman is uh, uh, now. You know, running running the show, not entirely, but you know, has has some power clearly. Um, but also, uh, good news for women's basketball. Uh, guard uh, Shalexis Aaron is uh, transferring to OSU from USC. So welcome to the Beaver Fam for Shalexis. Uh, she had the uh, the Beavs uh, in the recruiting picture for her before she went to USC. Um, so this is another good get for Ruick's team. So, you know, some people, some players going out, players coming in. We'll, she played we'll like know, Texas but... Southern or somewhere last year, though, right? This is her third team, I think. Probably. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe I read, somebody I read two tweets. That's that, That's why it's in the quick hitters part. But she's also so, from the Northwest. So I think yeah. it's uh, – she's from Washington State, I believe. Um, and so – it seems like she feels this is like you know correcting history that she should have done this from the get-go and i'm excited to see her in the beaver fam i think that uh there's something to be said about somebody who right now looks at our program from the outside and says i should have done this all along um that can help calm the nerves like you were saying terry about like is there something under the surface that we are I don't aware think of anything's wrong i think it's just kind of i agree but, business but if you're on the fence still right there you go talent is coming go. in yep and i think this team's gonna be good next year saying it now yeah we'll be seeing him in person at the pk 85 thanksgiving weekend in portland oregon i am i'm coming out for for thanksgiving at my house. At your house, JP. It was <laughs> mentioned on the last episode, Benny and his dad will be around in town. We'll, we'll have a really, uh, a, a, a very, a very Terry Beaver Thanksgiving. It'll be an early Beaves miss. We'll, we'll keep, miss. We'll keep working. Belich miss, dog. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I knew that didn't oh, sound right. <laughs> God, I can't just think about spaces. We're going to have to plan our next holiday spaces. It'll be here before you know it. Um, but we don't want to wish the summer away uh, or anything anything else. Um, but anyways, uh, thank you, Beaver Fam, and thank you again to our Beaver Fam Focus guest this evening, Ashton Batuso. That's at Lil Butts on Twitter, the editor-in-chief of Flagrant Magazine. Uh, keep an eye out for issue four of Flagrant. It's going to be great, uh, and we know that because I'm not in it, so it's going to be especially great this summer. <laughs> so support Flagrant, support Ashton, support us. Uh, follow us wherever you follow and subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate and review. Please give us five stars on either Apple or Spotify. If you're on Apple, leave a review with something the text doesn't even really need to be positive we appreciate it if it is but five stars is what matters <laughs> we're gunning to have our rating on spotify listed so if you're listening please go to spotify and give us five stars that gives us all kinds of legitimacy you wouldn't even know we don't even know because we don't have it yet but we, we <laughs> want to find out and share the knowledge with you beaver fam um, thank you as always to my esteemed co-host JP Bertram. That's at the Trial J on Twitter. He's too trial to be real, and at JP Bertram on Instagram. Uh, in Tacoma, not in Mexico, but probably going back soon. We never know where he's <laughs> going to be. Where in the world is Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Weehage, aka Benny, with the good quaff? And the quaff is looking great, man. As always, Thanks. but got, always got to mention it. it. Looks spectacular, and me. 
Terry Horseman at Terry Horseman on Twitter at Terrence Horseman on Instagram and I apologize uh, at, at Terrence Horseman in a crop top on OnlyFans. I was gonna say I apologize <laughs> for the OnlyFans <laughs> shot of me that Andre and Nicotine shared <laughs> from our socials in celebration of the Met Gala. But get your crop sweatshirts at belligerentbeast.com slash merch and a bunch of other uh, great stuff as well. Um, mark down. May 11th, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Twitter space is our first birthday party. Please, 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 please show up. Uh, come belligerent. Come ready. Come with the takes. We'll be opening up the mics to, to the fans at some point. And please, please, please remember that no matter how hard you try, you cannot spell chop them without hope. That's H-O-P-E for anyone wondering. C-H-O-P-E-M. Chop them. Chop them. Chop them. Bring back Bernice, Oregon State.